Today, we're going to be talking about how to know when it's time to let go of fixed assets. Often, clients hold on to far longer than they should. Sometimes it's because the stuff has been around for so long they don't even see it anymore. And other times, getting rid of it simply isn't a top priority. A deliberate approach to deciding when to let materials go for surplus or for recycling can be productive in a host of ways. You are listening to I Need This Gone Tomorrow, a podcast by Material Management Resources. MMR is a full-service investment recovery firm serving a variety of industries, including oil and gas and utilities. On this podcast, we talk all about investment recovery, which is more than an afterthought. It can become a strategic advantage and a differentiator if it's handled properly. This podcast is about how you and your company can leverage investment recovery in your projects. My guests today are Yako Simon and Stacey Elliott. Welcome and thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Kendra. Sure. So Stacy, what is the first thing you say to a client when you realize that they're hoarding, meaning hanging on to materials too long? Sometimes we can tell them you're hoarding. <laughs> um, sometimes we will. Um, phrase it in other, other ways. But the first thing I tell them is, you know, it's really a question. It's why, right? Why are you holding on to this? Um, and sometimes there's a good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they, maybe they no longer make that anymore and they have to hold on to that in order to keep a certain part of their um, production and keep it moving. Um, but that's the small cases, right? The, mm-hmm. In most cases, you don't hold on to things because things don't appreciate mm-hmm. with uh, over time. They depreciate over time. And so what we tell them is we walk them through those questions. Why? What can we do with it? Um, and then come up with a, a plan for them. Another issue that we run into with, um, with quote-unquote hoarding uh, materials is just the, the changeover of the workforce. Um, person that was managing this particular yard or this um, hidey hole again um, knew where everything was and managed it and, and did it well and efficiently, but retired, changed positions, whatever the case may be. And the new person that comes in isn't that familiar and um, maybe has other responsibilities and isn't doesn't have the time to go through and, and manage it. For example, the previous person may not have had a, a good inventory or catalog of of what was there, it knew exactly where everything was. If you asked him, where is um, the plunger for this triplex pump? He'll walk straight to that specific model, mm-hmm. go find it, pick it up, and give it to you and, mm-hmm. and and go on by his business. Now the new person that comes in may not be that familiar with pumps, and, and now all of a sudden it becomes a burden because you got to find um, that particular thing or you got to go find the manpower for people to catalog all this stuff and organize it can be done, but it's just time consuming. And, and um, so anyway, that's where we can come in and help and inventory and manage it. And if they still really do need some of those parts, that's always the best option. But if they don't, then we can devise a marketing plan to, to liquidize it. How do you suppose assets wind up in the hidey hole to begin with? There's always hidey holes, aren't there? <laughs> Plenty. Yeah, I think some... I think some people just want, you know, they want to hold it close to them. Like mm-hmm. this, this is my thing, right? Especially if 
if you're if you're in maintenance or engineering or if you're in operations even and you want to know that this thing is right here mm-hmm. right you might just have an, to... i just might need this someday <laughs> that's right that's well, right in the with with holding on to it you know there's the lead time on ordering parts and so if you've got a compressor and it throws a cylinder and and you know that there's other um id hole of, of cylinders and compressor parts in the Connex box in the back corner of the 40 yards, you know, to the left, mm-hmm. um, where they strategically placed it. Um, they can go and, and go find the specific part instead of waiting six weeks for this part to be ordered. Mm-hmm. They've got it now. And so a lot of it has to do with the obsolescence of, of materials, too. So um, maybe this compressor, for example, I'm using compressors, but this compressor has been running for 40 years and they don't make new parts anymore. And so if they know that they have that old one sitting back there, it, it, it comes in handy, but those are rare occasions. That's more the exception than the rule. What is the risk of hanging on to things for too long a period of time? There's a, there's a few things. Um, well, at the end of the year, the one thing that obviously comes to mind first is uh, taxes. If you have an asset that's still on the books and, um, is running depreciation, you, you're going to have to pay taxes at the end of the year. If that's one of your motivators is to avoid cost, then um, you can you can make the decision pretty quickly as far as, all right, we can store it here for X amount of dollars or we got to have to pay, you know, however many thousands of dollars in taxes. But if we're not going to need it for the foreseeable future, let's go ahead and, and sell it or recycle it if needs be. But um, that's, that's one of the, the first... Um, risks you're running into. Um, opportunity is another risk. There might be a, a different um, operator or a vendor that needs that specific um, equipment for a project mm-hmm. they're working on. And if they can get it immediately versus, again, having to wait to order maybe six months or whatever the case is, um, for the most part, there's that opportunity that comes along that presents itself. And so if you sometimes dwell on it, you can lose you can lose that opportunity um, mm-hmm. for making a sale. Have you ever recommended a client hang on to something? I mean, let's talk about the opposite of of the topic. Is there a time when you said, you know, you really need to hang on to this thing for a while? Yeah, it, that does happen. It really does. Because um, there are sometimes when you market certain equipment, we had an example of uh, offshore equipment out in California, results came back and uh, we looked at it, evaluated, and um, we felt like the offers were uh, more on the recycle price range, and this was still a good piece of equipment. So that was our recommendation to uh, the client is if you aren't paying storage and we can have more time to market the asset because it's kind of a unique asset, um, we would greatly ap- appreciate the opportunity. And so they they were in agreement. If memory serves me correct, at the end of that that project, um, we, I want to say it was 10 times what the initial price was or offer was. And so it needed that time to find the proper project for um, mm-hmm. this specific piece of equipment. And so once we were able to locate the right contact, 
the deal was made. And like I said, that was one of those rare wins where, you know, you did advise, wait, let's not sell it. Let's, let's hold on to it. Not mm-hmm. hoard it, but hold on to it for a little while longer and see if we can find a better market improvement, which we were able to do. And that was definitely one of the home runs for us. That's great. And so sounds like MMR was in it with the client all the way that you were helping them find someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, we, uh, we would do our clients an injustice to just accept everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we have their best interests at heart just simply because we, we feel that that's part of our integrity. Stacy, in your experience, do clients hang on to things longer than they really need to? Yeah, sometimes they hold on to it longer than they need to. And um, so it's part of materials management. Right? We, we, we guide our clients into how to manage those materials responsibly, right? When to get rid of it, when to hold on to it sometimes. And so, yeah, it's, it's all dependent upon what the market says, what the material is what your needs are for that specific time frame in your business. Mm-hmm. And we used it in a previous example where um, at the refinery they were um, holding on to some yellow iron. And if you all remember, we, we spoke about chalk marking the, the equipment and mm-hmm. like the police do your car, you know, for a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you just go back to the client and say, hey, this has been here for this long. A lot of the times they just, they don't realize that they, they drive by it, but you know, it's out of sight, out of mind and, um, they don't notice it. And so it, it takes something like that for, for you to, um, <clears throat> just to let them know. And again, it goes back to, um, the change of, of positions too. For example, there was a yard that I took, uh, pictures of pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my previous contact, um, discussed and they decided, no, there might be a need for, for this particular pipe. And, um, I think it's about a year later, contexts have changed and, um, you know, you, you show the new, uh, individuals like, Hey, this is still here. Here's the picture I took about a year ago. Can we reevaluate? I know the 10 times they'll say, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and let's look at it again. And maybe this time around, mm-hmm. uh, there might be a, a need for it to, to be moved since it had been, um, a year or two. And a lot of times it's also, um, dependent on their policies. Their policy may say, no, we have to have it for a year without moving before we can get rid of it or two years or whatever the case is. So it just depends on, on the situation as to where, um, where they're at in their decision-making process. What's the worst case scenario that you guys have uncovered when somebody has stockpiled something for too long a period of time? We uh, we had an opportunity once, and it's like I was mentioning earlier questions about your opportunity costs. This wasn't a specific need for um, material, but it's actually the market conditions that changed. Um, there were some uh, high-value alloys um, that were deemed to be surplus. Uh, there was a error with the manufacturing, and the order was completed, and client realized the error and decided that there's no other function for this material. And so uh, they'd ask us to market it, sell it. 
come to find that the speciality of these, there wasn't a reuse for it. So the other option for us was to go the recycle route, which we did and had, you know, multiple offers Had a very firm, good market price on it. And at that point in time, the client decided to hold on to the material, um, seeking more mm-hmm. just because there was so much money into the original purchase of the material. After uh, two years, the market went through a real big downturn. They requested us to remarket it again. We, we did. And um, in this particular case, went the recycle route again. And because the market took such a downturn, so did the prices of the, the material, the metal. The, the results that came in were lower than the original one. Because so much time has went on and and the manager at the time, or yeah, the manager at the time, like, all right, well, we're good. I mean, we're not going to use it. It's just sitting. It's been two years. Well, let's just accept it. Mm-hmm. And so in that particular case, it was an opportunity that was lost because of market conditions. And so there is an example of where mm-hmm. holding on to your material um, wasn't, the, wasn't the best decision in that scenario. But again, I mean, nobody can predict predict the market. Unfortunately, um, I think if we could predict the market, I would be retiring by now. But, <laughs> but, we follow uh, the market, though, right? We follow it. We we can sometimes see. Well, that's why we make recommendations to our yeah. I mean, there's certain there's certain trends that, um, especially in the carbon steel market, you can visit with some of the vendors, and they'll say, "All right, the expectation is for it to go up this mm-hmm. this month," and so you know it might be a good time to to get rid of some of your carbon steel. Well, it sounds like you guys give your clients honest, responsible counsel. It's always up to them ultimately to make the decision. And sometimes when you hold on to something, in the example that you gave, Yako, it seems like in addition to the decreased market value, there were also costs to warehouse it over a period of a couple of years or to store it over a couple of years. Paying storage is is a big contributing factor to holding on to material. If if the material is worth $100,000 and you're going to pay um, $5,000 a month mm-hmm. in storage, I mean, you're going to eat that up in about a year and a half. Yep. So are you going to let it sit for a year and a half and spend $100,000 or are you going to just sell it now and, and avoid the costs? So storage is one consideration. What other business factors come into play? Um, so what happens about the cost of the material, especially if it's still on the books, is the manager that's overseeing it has, um, an OPEX, which is their operating expense, which is their budget for the year. Mm -hmm. And if their OPEX is a million dollars and they have this old piece of equipment that's still on the books for 500, all of a sudden, poof, there goes half their budget for the year. And so... That's a very big contributing factor for materials staying mm-hmm. um, where they are, because that's the that's probably one of the main things we fight about. I say fight about um, struggle with is to say, excuse me, yeah, get, go ahead and get rid of it. But who am I to tell this guy that has this little bit of a budget? Mm-hmm. Hey, go ahead and get rid of it, because what else are you going to do with it? And there's a nope. I'd rather pay the tax or the depreciation on it for my budget this year. Than take the hit on it. Right, because yeah. you're taking, you know, 10 or 20% hit 
uh, on the value with taxes and everything else versus all of this. Mm -hmm. How does MMR help clients have the confidence to let go of surplus materials? I think uh, we as MMR give the clients confidence because we look at it from what's best for them. We give open and honest discussion of what's best for them. Should you keep it and reuse it? Should you um, send it to another one of your refineries or your units in another location? Um, we d we're open and honest about what we think we'll, we can get as a return. Most of our clients will want right either a, um, a, an expected return right, or a fair market value, as we call it. So they want to know that mm -hmm. normally before we even list it for sale. Um, and so we do as the best we can, right? Sometimes it's really hard, especially if it's something specialized. And, and we never know what's going to come with us. So sometimes it's so specialized that that's very hard. But I think the, we can give them confidence because we've been doing this for a long time, mm -hmm. right? And, and we have their best interests at heart, truly. Also, uh, one of the things that we do is go back to the fundamentals. And I believe it was our very first uh, podcast to help our clients uh, make a decision as far as the materials is concerned. You go back to your seven R's. You go to the reuse, recondition, return, resell, reclaim recycle and remove that's uh that's a great just process flow to have help them make that decision it's like all right can we reuse it no can we recondition it possibly and so you follow those steps and that that goes back to the fundamentals of investment recovery and that's it's always a good thing um for for the clients to go and for ourselves too is to sit back and just look at the big picture and then zone in on those seven fundamentals. And, and that a lot of the times helps them make the decisions like, all right, well, we can go through the first three and then come to resell. It's like, okay, we've exhausted the first three best options. Let's go with number four. It comes down to what's best for the client and, and it's not always what's best for MMR. And that's fine with us because we're here to help through all of those all of those R's, right? All of the R's of investment recovery. Absolutely. That's why we go, that's why it's listed in that numerical order. And that's the first one we always recommend is reuse. You already spend the money. Go ahead, see if you can find, redeploy it. Let's summarize what we've talked about today. First, hiding places exist. They are not always in a warehouse and they're not necessarily bad. They just need to be managed well. If you struggle with when to let materials go, ask an expert for help. We want to thank our guests, Stacy and Yako, for sharing their time and expertise with us today. To learn more about material management resources and how we can help you responsibly handle surplus materials, visit us online at materialmg.com.